This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function, handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page. This is the Metaphysical Connection episode 49, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. On this week's show, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and I get into it about the news of the week. How much is an asteroid worth these days, and how much would they have to offer you to agree to help mine it? That's a good question. We also talk about some strange anomalies science and archaeology cannot explain. Then Walt and I talk about Gobekli Tepe, the strange and most intriguing archaeological site in recent memory, the smoking gun that might prove that human civilization is far older than previously thought. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Jim, Jim, Jim. Yeah. Hey. Well, Did you guys make it through the storm? No, no, we're 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 stranded here. We're stranded in the ice caves of Hoth. Turned we were down. supposed to get like four to eight, and we got like I don't know half an inch. It was ridiculous. They closed all the schools, declared a state of emergency. I'm I'm telling I I have half a belief that the upper executives at the stations like uh, coerce the news readers and forecasters into hyping things because oh, yeah, they want yeah. they want viewership. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's like that's like a P. Never friggin' right, ever. There, there you go. There you I are. Had... You sounded like you had, you crossed over into the void desert. I know, I know. It's just Eric trying to blame it on me. I'm blaming it on everything on Jeff. Oh, go ahead, blame. It's like, his lack. Let's of, spread the blame around. Lack of soundboard control. Yeah. So I wanted to comment on your on your snow shortage. Uh, it's a story of your life. I was a few inches short. <laughs> 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 oh my God! I made this. He, he, I couldn't. He hits the re- I couldn't. Running once again. <laughs> I couldn't resist. The first. Yeah. The first time I ever. For the first time this year, in in twelve months, I I had a comment deleted off of Facebook because I said I haven't seen this much snow since John Belushi's going away party at SNL. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. Eric and I, on the on the other hand, both have at least ten inches. (laughs) And then there's the amount of snow that we got. (laughs) Oh gosh. So, anyway, this is a this is a red letter day. Um, Walt, could you do me a quick favor? In in the could you go in the top drawer right there? Um. Well, I guess you could. You could have said something, Eric, before I... No, I, I wanted to wait until... No, here. <laughs> Reach below. Yep. Oh, hold on oh, a second. Wait. Oh, it's, that's the drawer. That's the drawer. Just open that drawer for me, will you? Right. Pull out that box. <laughs> Royal? Yeah. <laughs> Jim, I'm going to send you a, a shot of this. Okay. Which I know you won't drink, but... <laughs> Oh, you got Crown Royal. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the uh, special ed- 
Dom Tomio edition. Oh, God, man. We used to go through something. You have to drink at least 50 shot, 40 shots at once. Uh, and then man. throw up in, in Jim's car on the way home. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God, days, my friends. Yeah. I thought they'd never end. This will last me about 100 years, Eric. Oh. They'll, they'll, they'll uh, bury me with that. <laughs> okay. Put the bag over my head. <laughs> the, the blue crown royal bag. That's what, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> ah, God. Ten thousand years from now, they'll unearth your grave and say, oh, sacred burial shroud. <laughs> The more Crown Royal you drink, the prettier your date gets. <laughs> so that explains why all my dates in high school and college drank so much of it. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. It's <laughs> a logical oh explanation. <laughs> so, Bob, what have you, what have you been up to? Anything... Uh, Anything nefarious or, or just the, the are usual? Are you kidding? This, my nefarious days are done. I'm just like struggling through life here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Babysitting and uh, just doing stuff. You know, no big, nothing nothing to write home about. But I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I just, I'm in the winter doldrums, as you can tell. I'm like, I'm now I'm in the point where I'm like slugging through winter because it's dark and gray day yeah, after day. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. But it is me. getting lighter. It is getting lighter sooner longer. in the yeah. morning. Lighter longer. Yeah. 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 Right. Day, daylight sure. savings time is on its way. I was just looking. It's the beginning of March. What? Really? Yeah. Ah. Well, maybe maybe the oh, middle of, maybe the middle of March. Really? Yeah. That's good news though. In this year, in in twelve months, I I had a comment deleted off of Facebook because I said I haven't seen this much snow since John Belushi's going away party at SNL. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Eric, Eric and I, on the on the other hand, both have at least ten inches. <laughs> and then there's the amount of snow that we got. <laughs> oh gosh. So, anyway, this is a this is a red letter day. Um, Walt, could you do me a quick favor? In in the could you go in the top drawer right there? Um. Well, I guess you could. You could have said something, Eric, before I... No, I, I wanted to wait until... No, here. <laughs> Reach below. Yep. Oh, hold on oh, a second. Wait. Oh, it's, that's the drawer. That's the drawer. Just open that drawer for me, will you? Pull out that box. <laughs> Royal? Yeah. <laughs> Jim, I'm going to send you a, a shot of this. <laughs> okay. Which I know you won't drink, but... <laughs> Oh, uh, you got Crown Royal. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the uh, special Dom Tomio edition. Oh God, man, we used to go through. Yeah, you have to drink Crown at Royal. least fifty shot, forty shots at once, uh, and then man. throw up in, in Jim's car on the way home. <laughs> oh God! Oh my Those God! Days, my friends, yeah. I thought they never end. This will last me about a hundred years, Eric. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, bury me with that. <laughs> okay. Put the bag over my head. <laughs> the, the blue crown royal bag. That's what, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> ah, God. Ten thousand years from now, they'll unearth your grave and say, "Oh, sacred burial shroud." <laughs> The more Crown Royal you drink, the prettier your date gets. 
<laughs> so that yeah, explains yeah. why all my dates in high school and college drank so much of it. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. It's <laughs> uh, a logical oh explanation. <laughs> so, Bob, what have you what have you been up to? Anything? Uh, Anything nefarious or, or just the, the are usual? Are you kidding? Those, my nefarious days are done. I'm just like struggling through life here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Babysitting and uh, just doing stuff. You know, no big, nothing, nothing to write home about. But I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I just, I'm in the winter doldrums, as you can tell. I'm like, I'm now I'm in the point where I'm like slugging through winter because it's dark and gray day yeah, after day. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. But it is getting me. lighter. It is getting lighter sooner longer. in the yeah. morning. Lighter, longer. Yeah. 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 Day, daylight sure. savings time is on its way. I was just looking. It's the beginning of March. What? Really? Yeah. Ah. Well, maybe maybe the oh, middle of, maybe the middle of March. Really? Yeah. That's good news though. That's it short. Is. That's yeah. short time away. Yeah. I think spring's like thirty some days away. So. Yeah. That's not bad compared to winter, November. Thirty <laughs> days. Like, I'll take it. It's nothing. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, I, 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 but Walt does not seem to remember. Remember April Fools, nineteen ninety seven. No, we got two feet of snow. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, that always could happen. Yeah, but we're, we shouldn't be getting winter all at once now. Yeah, that's that's. I, I dug my fish pond, uh, April first of two thousand. Yeah, it was nice and warm, and all of a sudden it changed, and we got a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have I have a koi pond on the on the uh, the the south lawn of okay. of our estate here. And, south um, lawn of the White House. Yeah, south lawn of the <laughs> the, nor the northern White House. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know the thing is 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 that and and that's the one thing that I look forward to when it's warm enough to let the fish out. Yes, then that's right. that's the best part. Well, where do you keep them? Oh, they're down in the basement right now in a in a giant trough. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I should. I just I, let mm -hmm. I let mine winter over and they do fine. Yeah, I, I get this, but our our problem is that the 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 pond itself it freezes solid, okay. so I don't think I could do that unless I get like some kind of propane heater and keep the water uh, warm at a certain level. But I mean, right now it is it is literally frozen solid. So yeah, have you have you ever tried wintering wintering them through? Do they do they freeze solid and die? Is that what happens? Oh, they probably would, but I know that the the because I know they'll hibernate. I mean, I've seen them frozen and they they recover, but no. you're pro where you live, you're probably better off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. I mean, the, the the pond itself now is a frozen block of ice. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I, that'll I don't that'll, that'll kill them. That'll kill them. Good cryogenic experience. experience. <laughs> I, I, I wish you could cryogenically freeze could, me. Could, you could name one of the fish. Walt Disney wakes oh. up and looks like a fish. That's what I was going to say. You could name one of them Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> when you... And Ted, I think Ted Williams, too. Didn't they, like, freeze his head or something? Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. They're I, crazy. I got some stories about Ted Williams. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, for, for Can't another time. animate people. It's ridiculous. Exactly. So anyway, I, you know what? I, yeah. I have I have only one news item that's really exciting as far as NASA NASA is talking about mining an asteroid that has all sorts of gold, silver, um, uh, platinum, all of these all these rare elements, and they said that the the net value could be over a couple of quadrillion dollars in, okay. on the market Where'd today. Where did you see that? Oh, it was. It's, I actually linked to it on um, on the uh, our Facebook page. I'll, Do they have the wow. technology? That's what they're talking about. If they could just, I mean, 
really all you have to do is just land one craft there and start just start whacking at it and send astronauts over and, and, and professional miners. Or if you can just get it in orbit of Earth and then just pick it clean. Oh, oh, I see. Is it in the asteroid belt? Did they say where it was? I, I'm, I'm not really sure the name. Of the, it has like some kind of obscure name to it. I'll, okay. I'll post the link yeah. to it later. But they do have a lot of uh, precious metals and stuff in, in, in them. In the, in the asteroids, yeah. 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 Yeah, that would be exciting, though. I mean, if you could just get a job mining asteroids, you know. And you I was know. I was listening to uh, Graham Hancock the other night, and he was talking to David Wilcock about um, cause they were talking about the comet that that hit the Earth. Yeah. Um, about twelve thousand nine hundred and eighty years ago, they've kind of pretty much pegged it down to that time frame. Yeah. Through ge geological samples that they've taken in Greenland. And right. Stuff. Um, ice, and, ice core and samples too. Wilcock was theorizing that perhaps that that comet was um, was weapon was a weaponized um, yeah. asteroid. And and Hancock said that he thinks they may be working you know, probably DARPA, which you were you've been talking about. I love me some DARPA. Yeah, uh, that they're they're working on weaponizing asteroids. Can, can you can, can you, you think that? about that for a minute? Think right. think I about know. how <laughs> stupid that is. Well, that's stupid and, and nefarious and horrible. What a, what a hard, you know, have you heard anything it's, about that, John? No, but it's uh, it certainly is plausible. Let, let me insert. Of... This is my segue. I was I came up with a little article on the Chicxulub uh, crater that's part Yucatan and part in the Gulf. It's the one that killed the dinosaurs. Uh, they 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 are they drilled in the Gulf. They had to go down beyond 2000 feet to get to it. And they said when it struck, it was it made a crater 100 miles in diameter and five miles deep, and they think it actually liquefied granite, um, and they ha it has an intact ring which you don't find because it's under the ocean, so it never weathered. And they said at the same time this was happening, on the other side of the planet in India, they have what they call the Deccan Traps, which is a, a 500,000 mile, 2,000 foot thick. Uh, lava flow from all the volcanoes that were erupting. They said that when this asteroid hit, it set them off, and that's what did the dinosaurs in. It just enveloped the planet, and we actually went into an ice age because of all the sulfuric uh, right. acid droplets right. that were in the atmosphere. So uh, I think if they weaponized an asteroid, man, that's like a planet killer right there. I mean, well, I, I think they, I think that what they're probably thinking is it would be a smaller version of that. And they would direct it at, you know, wherever they wanted right. to direct it, you know, like Russia, Moscow, or yeah, like Moscow, yeah, Putin's house, you know. <laughs> that's, that's that's yeah, that's that, I, there's, I, there's, it's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Uh, it is. Do you know what the time frame was on that asteroid? 60, 60, 66 million years. They're oh, saying. that's way back. Yeah. 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 Um. Did it hit? Was it ocean then when it hit, or? It actually it, struck. Uh, Part of the Yucatan, half the craters in the Yucatan, half of it's in the Gulf. Yeah, it hit the coast. It like yeah, it literally, hit the coastline. Literally hit the coastline, which is like one in a billion shot. Yeah, and uh, it's named a Chick Chicxulub crater because of the town. Part of the crater is under this town of Chicxulub in huh. the Yucatan. Bet you that baby let off some steam. <laughs> Whoa, I can't imagine. When that hit. <laughs> a, a crater five miles deep, I just can't even Ooh, wrap my head around it. That's that's crazy. That's the yeah. kind of thing that you'd like to watch in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really? 
I do not want to. From, from afar. Very far. But you know what? You know, seeing seeing something like that, you know, have you no longer have to worry if whether or not you left the oven on when you left. That's true. That's true. Graham Hancock was also postulating about. I know, Jim, you're familiar with with Charles Hapsgood's theory about the 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 Earth crust being sort of mobile yeah and, yes. and it's it's yeah. kind of like the um like the skin of an orange yeah that, that can, yes. can can move around and and he's postulating that at some perhaps good believe that there was a polar shift at some point which which created an uh, like a, an immediate ice age yeah in some places and um he hancock saying that uh well, i don't know if it's his theory or a theory that he was bringing forward by somebody else but that that a comet grazed the planet at some point and caused it and that's what caused that shift that shift in the crust yeah which is a kind of an interesting theory and we too. spoke about that in geology class when i when i, when I went back into college and that the thing is, is what that, the guy say was a geology professor we, my, my geology professor had said did that, he buy the theory oh no he i mean obviously there have been many cataclysms that have occurred time and time again but the but the but the earth's crust is rise uh, is riding on a, on um, liquid li- like l- lava yeah, i mean it's yeah. a magma right or it's it's right. magma when it's underneath mm-hmm. it's lava the when core, it, the yeah. core is static yeah yeah, yeah. but but that can shift around the core. you have you have you have one um core that is made out of iron uranium and all the heavy heaviest elements on the periodic mm-hmm. table but it's mostly iron and then there's the um you know outer uh, an inner layer of magma and the outer layer, and as you get deeper and deeper, it gets hotter and hotter it's because the mantle, I guess, the mantle. Yeah, we're layer. we're riding on the mantle right now. Yeah, right. The crust and the mantle are mm-hmm. sort of riding on this huge giant ocean of 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 magma, essentially. Right. Kind of like the New York Yankees for a long time. They rode on the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, so. <laughs> So actually, Hapsgood actually was a professor in Keene State at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which he is, died crossing the street or something. He did. Yeah. He got hit by a car. Uh, yeah. Oddly, yeah. oddly enough. Yeah. Oddly. That's that's an, that's that's another theme. The that's car was happen. driven by the the head of the geology department for Keene State. <laughs> 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 but I mean, there is so much evidence out there <clears throat> that there have been so many cataclysms that have just shattered, you know, the Earth, mm-hmm. and it was just like it's amazing how and and voided the. The, the civilization that, yeah. was, that was there, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. It's, it's just, amazing how life just keeps bouncing back. Yeah, it's, it's happened numerous times now. Yeah, you know, so well, hopefully it won't happen in our lifetime again, which would not be good. Well, um, there's a zoo. A, I don't know if I sent you this. There's a Zuni elder, Chief Licking Licking Horse. Uh, he just came out. Licking horse. Uh, Did you say Licking Horse? Chief Licking Horse. Oh, he, he spoke at the United Nations Tillman Chapel. Uh, basically, he reiterated the warning that, uh, uh, that unless we change course, you know, we're doomed on this planet. Yeah. And he talked. He, he linked it with uh, with their beliefs about aliens. He said that they've always been here. We call them keepers and watchers. And um, uh, their message basically is we're not taking care of our planet, and, and unless we change course, uh, you know, they, he said that Fukushima. The Gulf spill, tar sands, devastation, pipeline failures, uh, fracking, it's just all – we're all heading in a really destructive direction. And um, he linked 
this article linked it to the visitation that happened in uh, in Zimbabwe. There was a, a grade school class outside, and yeah. they actually had a number of ships that came, and the the star people gave these kids a message about the planet. Same thing. You got to, it's time to take care of the planet, or it's going to be too late. And the vision that they were given to these kids was that you know all the trees died on the planet, and then. There was no breathable air and everyone perished. So I just – you know, somebody better start listening because the Zunis have been here before warning us, you know. I think their lore goes back thousands of years. and They, they, they still carry the message. Same with the Hopi. Yeah, the Hopi, and the Hopi. The Hopi have the same message. They, they went underground at some point. Yeah. And then, yes. and then emerged again after the – after all the – Stuff flew by. What is well, it? yeah, there was the an thing. article about that that I didn't send to you. Uh, they talk about they went underground with the ant people, and the ant people in description looked like the greys, and that they they were protected and they're brought underground. And they lived with them for a long time, and then when it was safe to emerge, they came they came out from under the ground. So, yeah, yeah, that that's makes sense. part part of their cosmology, mm -hmm. which is yep. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clear that. The direction we're going in is is not a good one in terms I, of the planet. It's pretty clear that I, I I guess it's like I'm the youngest man in the room here, so maybe I'm preaching the choir. But the one of the things I've noticed is is that the older I get, the dumber other people, especially politicians. Yeah, <laughs> it is 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 it just me or is that a phenomenon that yeah, that comes with age? Yeah, I think it's uh, some it's, kind of it's, universal rule. Your your politics. awareness is increasing. That's that's what it comes down to. You're becoming more and more aware of. Uh, all these inequities and things, and, and it's just you know the current situation we have is just it's it's absurd. I, it's a, I, I was it's, I, it's like a reality show, it really is. It's it's just one mini drama after another, you know, day, day after day after day. It's it's ridiculous. I, I it was really I was listening to our former governor, now senator. I won't mention any names, um, but the thing is, is that, Skeletor. Skeletor. I was listening to Skeletor, <laughs> and it was like, how could you be that stupid? <laughs> How how can you be how, literally? How well, can you she be came that out, naive? She came out of it and opposed that ridiculous uh, nominee for the education secretary. Well, she and, had one thing going for her, but I mean, no, I mean, at least she did that. I mean, but I mean, I something. mean, you you listen to some of the contortions of logic, whereas there it is was none. just like there is no logic. It's just stupidity. It, it's so, like you take it. You take these these facts that are 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 totally unrelated to each other. And then you sandbag and you gaslight people like saying like, you want to vote for this because, I mean, you don't want the moose to die, do you? It's like we're talking about like, you know, education spending. And I she's thought, like, I thought she was said there were grizzlies going to be there. They're, they needed guns in the classroom because there might be. Yeah, because there were going to be grizzlies. Really? <laughs> I, I, wow. when, was the, when was the last oh, time you saw a grizzly from? bear walk <laughs> where through? Where did that come from? You know, I mean, I mean, you listen to you listen to these podcasts. Politicians that are supposed to have like these these degrees in law and philosophy and, nah, and reason, it's, it's, and it's like it's I mean, yeah. you know what we you know what you call a, a, a horrible failed lawyer? Hello, Senator. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, anyway. you know, I back away from all this stuff. Yeah, I, I want so dis right. it's so disheartening because the people in power. And that includes the corporations. They're just running amok. They're polluting the planet. They're not going to stop. 
I just think we're kind of screwed. Not, not only includes the corporations, it is the corporations. It's the, yeah. yeah. They're, well, they're, yeah. They're really the ones running the show. Once again, I'm going to plug this book called The Deep State. I don't remember the author's name, but I'm going to put a link to it on, on, a, on the show page. Whereas it was just like, it's the corporations and it is the lobbyists who buy right. the politicians. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's clear. There's this yeah. running joke saying it's like, the, you know, the, uh, politicians should have like um, fire suits the way NASCAR drivers have with the patches of all of their sponsors. So at, yeah, least, at least you know who owns them. <laughs> that's true. Yes, I know. Uh, anyway, let's move on to, uh, you have any any. Well, like I'd like to pick up where we left off last week, and it kind of goes along with our conversation just now. Uh, I was talking about, um, mis- you know, mysterious objects that indicate that there was ancient civilizations on this planet. Yeah, uh, and I, I left off last year, last week. Uh, they found that in 1851, they found a mysterious uh, bell-shaped vase. Um, on the side of it were flowers, and it was inlaid with pure silver. It was dynamited out of a a rock, which was uh, estimated to be a hundred thousand years old. So that that was I thought that was pretty interesting. They found a screw, a two inch metal screw, in a mine in Treasure City, Nevada, and the the strata that it was taken out of was twenty one million years old. Um, in ninety one in uh, in the Ural Mountains in Russia, they found very you probably. Uh, guys maybe know this article they found spiral shaped objects um that seemed to be akin to nanotechnology the objects were made of copper rare and the rare metals tungsten and molybdenum and um they, they test showed they were about three hundred and eighteen thousand years old you want to comment on any of this before I where, where, more? where were those objects found the, the spiral in the ural mountains in a, in a mine in in russia they were mining. Uh, you know, inter- interesting yeah. um, segue to what we're going to talk about today. With that, uh, I, I discovered this whole line of thought about uh, the pre prehistory of the human race, which which I did not know about um, in the course of my research on Gobekli Tepe. Um, there, there's there's this guy Andrew Collins. Who's written uh-huh. a book about Gobekli Tepe, mm-hmm. um, and and he's and I, and I don't want to get too far into this because we're going to talk about it as part of the show today, but but he um, is postulating that there was a race of humans that um, predated what we think of as the as modern humans. Yeah, um, and that they were called the Swedarians. Have you have you ever heard of them, Jim? What are they? What were they called? They were called the Swedarians. No, I never heard of that one. They they were apparently, um, and this is this is this guy's theory. They were they were a hybrid of Neanderthals and modern humans. Okay. Um, Neanderthals have t- have taken a have gotten a bad rap for being sort of dull, you know, not very intelligent and right. and um, you know just just sort of like just barely crawling out of the caves which which like apparently is yeah if you want to insult somebody you call them a neanderthal yeah yeah i mean yeah but um and they and they did have sort of the um a, um coarse appearance however they were very apparently were very very evolved much more than the than the modern humans at the time um they they were aware of shamanic magic they they did they were artistic mm-hmm. they, they they had very large brains actually 
Um, so he, he's saying that these, these Swedarians were a hybrid of Neanderthals and, and modern humans, and, and they were actually a shamanic, uh, a race of shamanic priests wow. that, that lived in, in that region, that very region where you're talking about where they found these, these items. Um, now, this, this is around, around 10,000 B.C., Yeah. So, so this is in the you know the edge of the Neolithic period when when everybody is all the traditional thinking is that humans were hunter gatherers, you know right. they were basically living day to day by whatever they could scrounge up, you know this predated agriculture and and um, but but these people were miners yeah apparently and they they mined uh, obsidian and traded obsidian I, I don't know exactly what they used that for but there must have been some just currency maybe <clears throat> well maybe it um or maybe obsidian, it had some they usage. make uh, makes good knives and uh, well points maybe that's sure. what it was maybe it was for tool making yeah but um they had the, this guy's postulating anyway um based on i think a lot of research that they were the they were the people that really were the um inciting force behind gobekli tepe and uh, so it's interesting that you, and that's where they were. That's the region where they came from. Um, mm. That that Ural region, they okay. act, their culture actually stretched from, um, like Czechoslovakia, Eastern European, that area, all the yeah. way over into into the to the Russian uh, steppes. Yeah. You know, so it was a, it was a pretty big area, and then they moved into this this area where Gobekli Tepe is, Gobekli Tepe. So interesting connection there. Um, it, it seems is. to be where that where those things were found. So you know they very easily could have been the people who, who were responsible hmm. for them. I had never heard of them before. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but any no doing research for Gobekli Tempe. Uh, Walt's going to smack me if I don't get the pronunciation <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult but, uh, Gobekli Tepe. Go, but I mean, getting back to the entire notion of that, there are anomalies in the stone that prove or allude to the fact that there was a far more advanced civilization here on earth long before there ever should have been like when you find like strange nanotubes made out of copper mm -hmm. tungsten and other material that yes. i mean we can hardly make now you find them in, in the ground and and i mean is, could there be anybody who says that it's a geological anomaly that somehow they just occurred naturally no, I, I, don't so. no, I, I, don't, totally I, I don't think so. It's totally impossible. Well, go, no, going along with what you're saying, uh, you guys probably came across this. Some of these ancient sites or uh, astronomical observatories, and they know now that the Earth tilt, the Earth axis, was different a long time ago because things don't line up. But if you trace it back far enough. They do line up. So something happened. Maybe the comet that you talked about before, when it grazed the Earth, maybe it knocked it over on its axis. Maybe the, maybe that's what led to the demise of Atlantis. Maybe it's just one huge cataclysm all coming, you know, perfect storm coming together. Or mm -hmm. series of minor cataclysms that was just like, just could yeah. overwhelming. Well, there was yeah. there was a period of time between when that comet hit in in uh, years, roughly twelve thousand years ago. And then there was about a 1600 peri year period after that where the Earth was sort of in a state of frozen animation kind of yeah. because of all the, like you were saying before, Jim, about all the stuff that went up in the atmosphere and cut yeah. the sun off so that the surface of the Earth didn't warm. And then it, then it, it melted dramatically 
all at yes, once. Right. And then that that probably is what created the the flood yeah. scenarios. You know, mm-hmm. one of the times anyway. There's there's been multiple times where that. I don't know if this links to scenario. the comet or maybe a, a, a sun event, but they uh, one uh, investigator. Uh, says that a lot of the surfaces of the rocks on these ancient sites were subjected to sudden extreme heat yeah and they can they can tell geologically that mm-hmm. the, the surface exploded the rocks crumbled from within so some some huge heat event took place too yeah there's been there's been numerous events Several of, of that events. nature that yeah. have yeah. probably completely wiped out whatever civilization there was at right. the yeah. time and, yeah. and you know, that's another thing that Hancock was talking about is that if if there was some kind of an event like that now, what you know, what we think as things that are impermeable or uh, impervious, uh, like skyscrapers and things like that, would they just go? There, you know, there'd be no trace. Oh, of them. sure. You know, there wouldn't oh. be anything left. Yeah, and and so you know, people say, well, where's the traces? Of it? Well, it's gone. You know, it's just it's wiped out. Yeah. You know? There's this great series on the History Channel, Life After People. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen, so that. Good. I've seen parts and, yeah. of that. And, yeah. and they and they take any sort of any part of the world and they show what would it look like 50 years after people, 100 years, 500 years, a thousand years, mm-hmm. 100,000 years. It's just gone. It's just gone. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, is that it's like if I were to leave my car parked or my Ford Flex parked in the driveway and I never moved it again, it would be gone. I mean, yeah. literally every aspect of it would be mm-hmm. gone would be. within 500 years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah, shorter totally, than totally, that. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. You know, that, that's why people say, well, where's, where's the proof? Where, where's the examples of this? Yeah, it's happened too if, long ago. Except they, they find stuff, you know. Like, yeah. There, yeah. there's another piece here. Like, they found human bones embedded in uh, rock that was 300 million years old. Now, Humans supposedly have only been here for three million years. I don't. I don't buy that. You know, they keep finding anomalies and they ignore them. There is a there is a huge controversy about um, a collection of there was a, a fully intact skeleton that turned out to be six thousand years old. Um, it, it was I think it was like uh, in a in a valley between um, I think it was like in in Virginia along a riverbed. And once again, was it a giant? No, it was just a no, it just was a, it was a normal person, and and apparently a lot of scientists had thought for the longest time that this is a Caucasian, and local um, Native Americans Indians believed that it was no, it was it was one of them. Well, there's evidence that it was an, it could have been a hybrid of a Caucasian and a, and a, and a Native American. Um, wow. Here in this yeah. in this region, where there shouldn't have been at that point, at yeah. that point, and it, when it, and apparently, I mean, there's you know the, the the proof is sort of inconclusive that whether or not it was a hybrid or it was just a purebred Native American. But I mean, we keep finding all of these anomalies, and and at some point, the paradigm is going to have to shift, and people are going to have yeah. to wake up and say, you know, human history goes back. A lot farther than we originally believed. Well, we're, we're one one of the things we're going to talk about today. Gobekli Tepe's might be the might very well be. This might be the biggest the, show the, we've the, ever the, done. The evidence for yeah. for that kind of thing. This yeah. might be one of the biggest. Yeah, I think it, I think it is actually. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about the show today because I think it's a really important um, finding. Yeah. Uh, do you well, do you know do you know Have you done much reading about that, Jim? Or um, no, I've been following it though. Uh, ever since I heard about it, I mm-hmm. haven't read in depth, but I read enough to n- know that you guys are really on to a um, a good show because that that supposedly the the most 
ancient site that's been discovered. It really lends credence to the fact that you know we've had an ancient, full-blown civilization here way before we thought. So many of the science books and the history books and archaeology, it's apparently it's incomplete. I don't want to say it's wrong, but it's incomplete. Walt's looking at his show notes with. Well, I'm I'm uh, the the book that Andrew Collins wrote, which. Um, sounds to me like it might be the definitive book right now on, yeah. on Gobekli Tepe. It's called Gobekli Tepe, Genesis of the Gods. Yes. And, and I, I've moved it way up my list. I haven't read it yet, but I'm after listening to him and, and doing some research, I, I'm... That's my next purchase Definitely bumping that, bumping that yeah. baby up my list. So I'm going to look for that. If you read it first, will you let me know if it's if it's worth to read because I'm very interested in, in that. Well, that, let me that, let me just sort of say this because the thing is is that Walt and I are probably going to hit that book pretty hard as soon as uh, as soon as we can. And this is not going to be the first show or the only show on Gobekli Tempe. Well, I, I'd lo- I'd like to be able to get him as a guest. That'd be great. I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah, what his wow. availability is, but he's English. He's Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually not a scientist; he's a journalist. Yeah. So he's he's approached it from a journalistic point of view. Although he there was a lot of science, and you know he doesn't ignore science. He just uses what he uncovers and and yeah. and, and has tried to create a scenario around that. You know, which which sounds to me like he's done. I mean, Graham Hancock did the did the the uh, introduction for it. Yeah. So to me, those you know he. He's huge, Graham Hancock, and yes, and John. Am I am I correct in saying they think it's the oldest site they've yet uncovered? Yes, yes, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's it's not it's not an old find either. When when did they actually start doing research, or that they started? Well, it was discovered in ninety five. Yes, nineteen ninety five. It's not it's not that. So it's yeah, it's relatively recent find, but it's it's. I think it's it's the find. Yeah. Of, you know, maybe, maybe all time. This this is this is the kind of as, as Trump would say it's big league. It, this, this is this is the kind of this is the kind of find that th- I mean they will be making movies and documentaries about this. Um, there are so many things involved with this that is just like um, I mean li- like like I had already said. There's no way that we can only do one show on this because yeah. they keep. No, it's finding- got so many. It's got so many implications around it. Yeah. 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 In terms of the bigger picture that we yeah. you know, that we talk about, in terms of lost civilizations and the fact that humankind is is much older than than what the mainstream thought is. Yeah. You know, so. How do you pronounce this? Abydos, Egypt, Abydos, Egypt. Uh, uh, not sure. This is like a Sounds rehash, good. but it goes along with either time travel or the fact that there was ancient technology. But I'm sure you guys are familiar with the hieroglyphics they found there that shows a helicopter. Uh, oh yeah, an airplane, mm-hmm. a flying disc. I mean, how do you deny that? You know. Well, uh, it's because it's it's not what you think it is, Jim. It's it's <laughs> it, you're looking at it. Start. You're looking at it through the modern eyes and and the imagination of it's somebody it's living mythology. in mythology. Yeah, it's a, they're, they're they're a version of a bird or they, something. You know, exactly. Thing, yeah. It's, it's not what you think it's it totally is, Totally absurd. It's ridiculous. It's, it's not a helicopter. <clears throat> it's something else. We don't know what it is, but it's not a helicopter. Um, one okay, one well, thing before you leave, Jim, I want you to, and I know you've done a lot of research, and, and I know this was in your book about the use of sound technology and frequency, which is probably going to be another whole show. But I think a lot of these um, ancient sites employed that, um, and again, citing Graham, Han- so Graham Hancock, he he's saying that we're trying to apply 
our concept of technology to to these sites. Well, yeah, of course. You know, our our knowledge of mechanics and, yeah. and physical movement and things like that, which which is completely um, inaccurate. You know, there's there's no way that we can figure out how these things were done using our technology or our concepts right. of technology. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure that had to have been employed somehow in, in, in Gobekli Tepe. What, what's your, um, can you, can you give us a kind of a little synopsis of, of what you've learned about sound, sound technology and use of frequency to move, move objects. And I mean, some well, of these stones are just huge that get moved, you know, evident. Well, uh, two guys, we talked about him before. Um, the man that built Coral Coral Castle in right, Florida. Right. If we have time, you know, we're he, going to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, maybe. he took he took that secret to the grave, but he was able to move stones weighing tons. But he kept, you know, he kept it secret. He said right. he discovered the, you know, the secret of the ages, the uh, secret of the ancients of, of, that, e that, of, of Egypt, I think. Yeah, actually. yeah, and um, and then uh, <clears throat> doing my research on my book, I came across this more than once that evidently somebody in the 30s. Uh, traveling in, um, gee, where was it? Tibet. Uh, witnessed some monks uh, moving huge stones by playing musical instruments and chanting. So I think uh, they absolutely understood how to use sound to cancel gravity and levitate things. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I go back to, <clears throat> you know, the 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 uh, there was a former astronaut. And a, he's a Princeton physics professor now, Dr. Brian O'Leary. He says that, you know, the visitors <clears throat> or aliens or whatever you want to call them, they use technologies of consciousness. They use toroids, uh, co-rotating magnetic disks for propulsion systems. It's all based on free energy. So I think we had this on the planet a long time ago. It was all destroyed. But I do think that they they had the ability to levitate things using sound and vibration. I do. That that event you're talking about um, with the monks, the Tibetan yes. monks, yes. that was actually filmed. Yeah. I, you know what? I think and, you're right. And you know what? Guess what happened? It was sent back to England. And, and guess what happened? It, it ended up it, in the same it. floor, uh, same place as those rolls of film from <laughs> NASA. <laughs> rolls of film, yeah. It, just, it disappeared. Yeah, it disappeared. Yeah, they just, they, you know. I don't know what happened. To Somebody them. better get fired for losing all of this film. So, I mean, you know, it, it was it was documented on film. I mean, it was filmed, and and, and they. I don't know what they did. I do want to interject this right they here. They levitated it right off of the right out of the planet. planet yeah. Okay. If I lose if I lose files, it's because I'm an idiot and I wasn't paying attention. Well, there is a correlation. I, I, and I admit I admit that. I admit that I sometimes delete stuff on accident because I'm an idiot sometimes. I will come right out and I will admit to the world that sometimes I make mistakes or the hard drive will get fried. And but the thing is, is that you can trace back to the moment when Eric was an idiot and accidentally deleted something for whatever reason, or a file gets corrupted because Windows 10 um, is uh, was upgrading while I had the files open or something like that. But the thing is, is that with these 
um, rolls of film that get deleted or incinerated or something like that, you notice that like there's 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 no there's no chain of of evidence as it were. There's no way that you can go back and 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 find the exact person who was responsible. For I the wish somebody, I wish somebody would have made a copy of it. You know, how do you yeah. not make a copy? I, I don't know. Besides the fact that you're lazy. <laughs> well, whatever. Who knows? Maybe they just trusted the people that they gave it to and they made a bad choice but but you know? they don't tell you who these people are yeah no i don't know who they are you would think are. that you would be able to say okay well okay john smith was he had a hard night he had too much crown royal with walt and, <laughs> and jim the <laughs> well, night before well, look, we, we know when we did the show on the smithsonian um covering stuff up yeah the smithsonian goes right back to england so yes, you know that's why they even took it to england who knows i don't know why didn't they just Put it on CNN or something, you know what I mean? But, I mean, the three of us do understand that there is something fishy when they say that they accidentally... Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. They, they have no chain of commands that would they prevent got, this got, from happening. They, they don't have procedures. stuffed away somewhere so nobody could get to it. They, know, they don't have procedures to make sure that this, these kind of things don't happen? Yeah. I, yeah. I can understand yeah. it if it happened to one or two, but... I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact circumstances of this. I don't know who the person was that had it. I guess we could do some research on that, but... Uh, you know, uh, the big picture is that somebody documented this event, and and it was it was Tibetan monks. They had symbols and horns, mm -hmm. yes, and and they used manipulation of sound frequency to yes. to to elevate um, a very very heavy boulder or something. Yeah, you know, and we now don't have access to that. No, and, and uh, that's unfortunate. I, I believe that. Pyramid system and the ley lines across the planet. It was a. It was actually an energy system, and I think they tapped into that whenever they wanted to to levitate anything and to have flying machines. I mean, I'm firmly convinced of that, and I think that uh, whatever comes forward is suppressed because once again, I go back to the fact that it's free energy, and the money interests on this planet don't want that. No, no, that's true. You can't get yeah. away from that. That's that's no, you really, can't. I think you what it all can't. comes down to, really. But and, I do and, believe they levitated these things. There's no way they didn't use machines. They didn't use like inclined planes. Give me a break. No, that's no that's way. Just impossible. Like Hancock yeah. said, it's we're, we're trying to apply our technology or our right. our sense of technology yeah. to, to that to those events, and it just it just doesn't work. It doesn't you know, it's fly. Like putting a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't know, fly. Exactly. It just doesn't yeah. work. Yep. So we're getting there, I think. We're, I think we're, uh, th that's why the show we're doing today, I think, is so important yeah. because I, I think it's the smoking gun. I, I mm -hmm. really do. I do. You know, once it's, once it's, even the, even the mainstream archaeologists are beginning to, to like say, we don't really have an explanation for this. You know? Yeah. Right. So maybe, mm -hmm. the, maybe it's a paradigm. We need maybe to, it, maybe we it's need a shift. To, we need to start rewriting some textbooks mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. sticking to age-old paradigms the only trouble is nobody be able to read america <laughs> they've dumbed down the school system so bad <laughs> hey uh are you coming up on your 50th show our person? next show is going to be the 50th is show this wow, is you're gonna have fireworks what are you gonna do we're gonna uh, have something big we're gonna have, we're gonna have something we're gonna, big we're gonna drink that whole bottle of crown royal we are you're gonna, you're gonna hire some lap dancers and really do it up <laughs> <laughs> my wife will not allow the lap dancers in the house i will tell you the trouble with that is we'd have to Go all the way to Lapland. To get to the <laughs> I forgot about that, Walter. And, and then we'd probably just end up with some reindeer or something. <laughs> and some women in, in brightly colored 
mismatched clothes. So many, so many <clears throat> people had told me that five zero is the magic number for podcasts. Whereas it's like if you can actually get like an entire year and fifty podcasts under your belt, that's that's like huge. That's monumental. And that that's like that's when the yeah, heavens when you open become up. Em, you become embraced by the the gods of the podcast. That's that's right. Okay. That's right. That's the that's the magic number. I think that I think that um, one of the things that Walt and I are going to do after you know during the break is we're gonna we're gonna talk about what we think that uh, number show number fifty should be. Uh, I, I have a couple of ideas, but. Oh, yeah. uh, it's it's I think I think it's going to be huge. I, I let, think, let us know what you think, Jim. If you, if you have any okay, ideas, let, yeah. get it, let us know. I think you we should. A, you guys have a great show. It sounds like a very interesting uh, topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks, Jim. Thanks for joining thanks, Jim. us. All right, take care, guys. See ya. If you have something you want us to promote on the Metaphysical Connection podcast, let us know by getting in touch with me. My email address is info at thefedorachronicles.com. If you have something to promote that our listeners would be interested in, let me know and I'll read your ad during our actual podcast. It could be goods and services, a special event or convention, a book or documentary you've written or created, or even your own podcast on the topic of the unexplained phenomenons. That's also how you can get in touch with us and let us know how about your own experiences. Um, have a good ghost story? Seen something unusual or strange? Or just voice your opinion on any given topic? Once again, just drop us a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. This is where conspiracy theories <laughs> and archaeology... Merge, merge, right. and co-mingle, and cohabitate. Cats and dogs sleeping together, and total utter chaos. Well, it, that's why they made it difficult to say so people wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce that. <laughs> but um, let's go back. How far back do you want to go? I, I think we should well, go we back to what? To go too far back. Let's go back to 1995. Yeah, that's when it was discovered or un, uncovered. It was it, it was rediscovered, as it were. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, I don't know. I guess the best term is uncovered, because um, it really was. It was. It was a mound, basically, and which is where the name Eric. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where it's obvious I have a speech impediment. Like comes Gobekli Tempe. Oh, Tempe. You, put, you, know, you put an M in there. <laughs> Gobekli. Tappy. Tappy. Right. Take your time, Eric. It's, it's nice so the thing is, so here, here for ages. Here's this large dirt mound. Right. And I guess... In, in southeastern Turkey. Right. Right. And there was like, a, somehow somebody had looked at it and had said, now, was was this before, what's his name, Klaus Schmidt? Yes, Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah, Klaus, Klaus Schmidt, German archaeologist. German archaeologist. Um, began a dig there. He thought it was Tannis um, looking for the lost ark. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what motivated him. I think he just had some suspicion that it was, there was something not weird about a natural it. formation. So, um, so of course. So, it, so Gobekli Tepe actually means um, navel hill. Yes. Or belly hill. Belly in hill. In Turkish. That's, that's what the term actually right. means. Um, so, so it's this mound, essentially, that, yeah. that uh, this German archaeologist starts to excavate. 
And he, I, I think he just had some sense that there was something there. So just something exactly, not right about this place. It was something unusual that was yeah. kind of anomalous, I guess, yeah. in some sense. Just didn't seem like a natural formation to him. No. So he started digging and he started uncovering these huge um, formations. Yeah. Man-made formations. Yeah. Um, and very early on, he, he said to somebody, either I, I walk away from this now. Yeah. Or I'm going to spend the rest of my life here. And, and, and he chose, that's exactly he what chose the latter. Right? Yeah. He actually just died in 2013. Yeah. So he did spend that um, Do we want to say that, that time frame. Do we want to say that was there was 18 any... 18 years? Was there any mysterious... Any mystery behind Dr. Smith, uh, Schmidt's death? Not that anything? I know of. Not that I know of. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what he died from, but um, I think he was... I think he was getting up there. I'm not sure how yeah. old he was, but um, yeah. I don't not not that I read or heard there was right. any anything mysterious about his death. But um, what what he really did was he he opened up um, a whole new chapter. I think right. in in uh, in in how we think of the history of mankind. So I mean, if you can imagine, you just find the strange hill, mm-hmm. and you just just get out your trowels and you dig a little and you uncover a little and then you uncover a little more and then you uncover a little more and then you get to a point where it's like, oh my God, this is bigger than Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. And then you dig a little more and then you dig a little more and then you find out that it is probably 50 times larger than Stonehenge. Well, it's, it's about 20 times larger. There's actually 20 Stonehenges yeah. there. Um Varying in size, there's yeah. there's different sizes of, of different. There's there's actually stone circles like we're at you know at Stonehenge, but multiple multiple yeah. ones. Um, and the more they uncover, the more they're the more yeah. they find. One uh, of the things that I read last night was that it was it's probably fifty times larger than they than they originally suspected. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually three hundred and thirty yards by two hundred and twenty yards. So it's like three football fields, give or take, by two. You know, are you also fields. are you also counting the underground tunnels that they believe? That I'm are just there? talking about the surf the, the surface. What area we see on the there, surface at this now. Point. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's an estimation or or an actual measurement, but I think it might be an actual measurement. But um, so the what's there are these huge columns. Um, that are in the shape of a T, and and then there's circular um, enclosures around them. Um, some of the columns are are just huge; they're they're just uh, tons and tons yeah. of weight there. And which which brings up the question: how how did this thing get built? And you got to realize that it's like where it is now. It's it's pretty barren, but it hasn't always been like that. This was built before there was climate change and this was a very i guess it was a very fertile area before right. then well it's, it's right in the area that's supposed to be the garden of eden yeah where the garden of eden existed it's 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 an area in turkey uh referred to as uh east anatolia east anatolia which is the southeastern region of turkey right kind of near the syrian border which which as we know is uh it's yeah has some political problems right now yeah um, so that i don't know how that's affecting the whole um the dig and that yeah you know, and that kind of thing I, I know there's i don't i think you can go there and visit it well we're also Just dealing with a region street. we're also dealing with a region where there's like intense heat 
you know, just the right. summer heat is mm-hmm. just unbearable. It yeah. gets to be like 115, 120 degrees. Yeah, which, which makes it difficult lucky. to work out there. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to work there. Mm-hmm. And they have to close the region because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just so inhospitable. Right. Now, also on the on the columns are relief carvings, which which they're, they're flat. Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, columns are flat, but yeah. they have relief carvings of all kinds of different animals, birds and uh, wolves and, yeah. and snakes and you know um, all kinds of shamanic type symbols. Yeah, um, the, which they believe the animals represented some kind of shamanic type concept. Yeah, um, and we're gonna we're gonna get into talking about. I talked a little bit about in the previous segment about the Swedarians. Yeah, that group of people that apparently came in and were the progenitors of this this build. This, yeah, this project. Um, so uh, I don't know. Let, let's talk. I guess. I guess the, the logical thing is to talk about the time frame for it. Yeah. How far back does Stonehenge go? Uh, this this predates Stonehenge by six thousand years. Yeah. At, at, at least. At least. At least. Um, they they've done soil samples around it, and they've they've dated it at around twelve thousand BC. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sorry, ten thousand. 10,500 BC, which yes. which is about 12,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's much more ancient than... Than anything, know, than, anything than, else that, that... That anybody could have even thought existed, you know, back before they really uncovered this. Because allegedly there was no civilization mm-hmm. there. There was no, there was no agriculture. There was, right. there was no masonry. There was literally nothing. There was literally no civilization right. other right. than tribes hunter gatherers well it was the, it was the end of the uh neolithic period yeah um which which would have put humankind with in traditional thinking in, in the area of hunter gatherers who who might have had some crude tools that yes. they used they were just beginning yes. to make tools but they basically lived day to day you know they were they were you know they were scavengers really. right they you know they hunted they got Whatever they could literally, forage, you literally know, hunters predated and agriculture and, and yeah. um, animal husbandry. There was no, you know, there was no thoughts of that yet, right. supposedly. Uh, so that brings up the question: How could these people construct this? And if this, you can this, imagine, it was just the civilization, this, this huge complex. It was this outpost, this complex, like you just said, that just sprang out. Like literally out of nothing. It was like yeah. if if yeah. You, if you could just imagine, you know, twelve thousand years ago, the city of Manhattan just suddenly sprang up overnight. Right. How would you explain right. that? Yeah, that might be hyperbole, of course. Well, but. yeah, but but think about that. You know, these supposedly now are people. If if the if the picture that we're being painted is correct, these are people that are you know living day to day. They're just trying to get their next meal right they're not thinking about building these huge temples you know so how, how do you put those two concepts you go from together hunters to, you go from you hunters you know, to there's gatherers no, there's no there's no way to either the the concept is wrong of of where those people were at that point yeah or there was some other influence on them which, sure. which i tend to think is more likely sure but this is this is supposed to be a time when nobody knew about agriculture, nobody knew about masonry, nobody knew about sto- stone carving, mining, nothing, mining, nothing like that. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, these people suddenly know how to cultivate crops, irrigation. 
they know how to um, move large right. rocks. Right. This is like in, in but, but uh, Gobekli Tepe predates even that predates um, those kinds of endeavors. Yeah. Um, so where you know where did that come from? Where how did that happen? You know that's that's a, a huge question, and and it also pushes the time frame, the traditional history of mankind back way back right uh, now uh, john anthony west and robert shock did some some really groundbreaking work on the sphinx uh back several years ago now but but they they discovered what they say and and they have a lot of scientific evidence that the sphinx is much older than what the egyptian egyptologists right. were telling us it, it is and, and the pyramids are probably older too but the the sphinx goes they've dated it back to pretty much the same time frame right. as as go blacky tepe right um so you know you got to think that and and they're not really that far away they're, they're, not, they're not that they're not that big of a distance between no. them so you have to think that they may have both both things may have been part of the same culture yeah that is now who knows eradicated i guess best word for it so uh, this brings in the, the um, Andrew Collins's concept of the Swedarians that there was this group of people that moved into this area from another area sure and and induced the people in the area which would have been the hunter-gatherers that we talked about mm-hmm. to, to build this to build this somebody said some, somebody yes. came mm-hmm. up with the hey I need to teach these people how to do these things right right and, and then put them to work. Mm-hmm. Now, where did these teachers come from? And I have a book on, on the other desk in my office here from your buddy Graham Hancock, mm. Magicians of the I, Gods. I wish he was my buddy, actually. But, um, I think that you sold more books for <laughs> Graham Hancock <laughs> well, than yeah, Amazon. Yeah, I mean, Graham Hancock, to me, is, is he's one of the brightest lights in, yeah. in this whole field of endeavor of, yeah. of ancient archaeology and he's a brilliant guy he he he, he broke ground with uh, fingerprints of the gods yeah uh which i think came out in about 95 or 90 yeah it was it was, it was it was in before, the 90s. it was before magicians of the gods oh yeah that's this that's his mo- almost recent most recent right. book uh but but he broke the ground for this thought pattern i think with that yeah. you know that there were civilizations that predated our own yeah you know? Um, and he's he's just a really, really, really brilliant guy that has come up with these theories. And of course, a lot of people scoffed at it. Sure, of course, because um, it doesn't fit the paradigm, right? And and now he's beginning to gain more popular acceptance. You know, these how many years from now? Actually, he he's visited Gobekli Tepe, and yeah, and he, he actually met uh, Klaus Schmidt before he passed away, and and he feels the same way. He he says that. Um, this is the smoking gun. This is this is the proof. This is the proof that everything that we've been told by archaeologists is isn't. It, is it polite to say incomplete, or is oh, it more? Or is it just wrong? It's it's skewed. It's 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 um, a paradigm that was established. You know, as we've talked about many times before on different shows, that is now being proven to be incorrect. Yeah. Or, or very limited anyway, you know, a very narrow scope, yeah. I guess. Uh, so this is going to widen the this is going to widen the viewpoint when, yeah. when it becomes. He, he Hancock says that there's there's no way that he says even mainstream archaeologists are beginning to accept this as no other way to explain Gobekli Tepe, which is why this is such a huge topic to me. This is 
I think probably the most important topic we've in in, in this realm anyway. Right. You know, of of ancient history and, and ancient civilizations. It's it's doesn't get any more important, I don't think. Because it's it's unexplainable in the realm of modern right. science and archaeology. Mm-hmm. Everything that we everything we think we believe is wrong. There's because... no way to fit it into and it, and it's it's been dated. The soil around it's been dated and documented. Yeah. So nobody can argue with that. You know, it's it's just not there's well, nothing you can there's no nothing you can argue scientifically but the, but the, but against. But there are people that, that do argue well, yeah, and say there's that people who argue about everything, but you know, it's yeah. just what they do. Yeah. They have a skeptical viewpoint. Yeah. Now, let's just get back to this book here, okay. uh, Magicians of the Gods. Yeah. Now, who were the magicians that Hancock talked about? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of different thought on that. Um, these these Swedarians, um, which I'm not sure Hancock has weighed in on them, but um, this is this is more of Andrew Collins's theory, I think. Um, they were certainly a very evolved uh, race of beings. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, they were a hybrid, apparently, of um, humans and, and Neanderthals. But but they had a very apparently they had a very serpentine appearance. Yeah, um, they were very tall. They were they were um, they they wore cloaks of feathers. Mm-hmm. Because they 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 were actually magicians. They were they were shamanic yeah. music, magicians, and they had uh, they had the knowledge of shamanic magic. Um, yeah. And Collins is saying that Gobeki Tempe was was built as a shamanic temple, so that they could travel shamanically into other other dimensions, and it was built as a result of that comet hit that really devastated the, the planet and they thought that they could go into other dimensions and influence whatever factors there were um that controlled those kind of things yeah and and they would take shamanic journeys that way because one of the things that i had read was that graham hancock and others have a theory that this was the last gasp of the previous civilization that existed here that was obliterated by some of the forces that Jim had talked about as mm-hmm. meaning the comet. Like there is this one comet that and and it, it brushes we brush through the uh, the remnants of this comet that went through the, the through the solar system mm-hmm. and that there's there's this Is this the one that took the dinosaurs out or is this an, a later one? I think this could have been a later one. Yeah. But it's the one that that's responsible for um, the flood legends, as it were. Well, yeah, that's that's part of what Hancock talks about, and and that th- this comet hit around twelve thousand nine hundred eighty years ago. Yeah, uh, which which slightly post is is predated to go black go backly tepe. Yeah, um, and and he thinks that the the temple was actually built as because of that as a result of that. Yeah, because uh, you know obviously there was a lot of fear from that. You know that was generated by that, and and many many aftershocks that for hundreds of years after that comet hit, right? Which because there was still a lot of fear because we were st- we were because st- as we <clears throat> orbit around the sun, we were still passing through the 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 comet trail, as it were. Well, and it, and it still had evol- it still affected the um, volcanism of the planet. Yeah, you know. As Jim said, volcanoes go off and stuff like that when that yeah. when you get that kind of an impact. And it could have also been responsible for the for the uh, the the legendary Ring of Fire in the Pacific, right. se- setting right. that off as well. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then there were, then then there was a period where um, and it, and it's 
it's it's really been geologically substantiated and it's called the younger dryer have you have you heard of that i did uh, yes yeah that's the period between when the comet hit and and when the um ice age ended yeah it was like about an 1800 year period when when the planet really started to change again and warm up yeah Start to and recover from and the ice right, age. And after that's, that's about the time when, when this yeah. these temples were built. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that this ice age was significant because it had created almost overnight like these enormous waterfalls that just defy, like there's a fossilized waterfall somewhere mm -hmm. out there in mm -hmm. the region. Yeah, and it changed the, dramatically changed the coastline of the continents too. Yeah. Whatever the continents looked like at that time, they, they might have been... You know, Slight, different, yeah, different slightly formation. different. Right. And it could be responsible for all of these, you know, underwater temples and stuff like that that, right. we, eat, that we see on National Geographic. And for Geo the destruction of Atlantis, too. That's, yeah. That's a possibility. We, we did a show on Atlantis a couple shows back. but uh, So, so I, I think this, this notion of the, of the Swedarians is, is, is a really, really important concept about the history of humankind. Yeah. Now, now who were the progenitors of these people hard to say there were there were other groups that supposedly these these people um derived from and i know what you're thinking eric i see that laugh i know face. exactly where we're going <clears throat> but you know we have to we have to bring the anunnaki up there you go we, we have to we have to you have to yeah and you start have to thinking have to start thinking about the book of enoch um where where uh perhaps these swedarians were were the watchers that yeah. were talked about in the, in the book of Enoch. Yeah. And were the Anunnaki the progenitors of, of these of this race? Or, yeah. Um, we don't know. No. I mean, we can conjecture. But uh, the Anunnaki, if you look at the Sumerian depictions of them, they are serpentine looking. Right. You know, they, they look almost like they have an elongated face. Yeah. Um, they have an elongated head. You mm -hmm. know, almost... almost you know, serpent looking. So, and then the clothes. The clothes that the, the clothes were described as like scales of a fish. Metallic. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what they were? You know, who yeah. knows what that was? And and so this is this is where you start to get into the idea of the Garden of Eden and and the the real creation of the human race with Adam and Eve and and maybe this is where all that took place, you know. Yeah. Go go go! Beckley Tepe is is not far from where the Garden Eden, Garden of Eden supposedly was, and you know the the Watchers came down in this area. Um, were they connected to the? I mean, you know, they, there's been a big connection between them and the Anunnaki. Yeah. Um, and and there was supposedly, according to the Book of Enoch, there were two hundred watchers that came down. Maybe these were the Swedarians. Maybe that maybe the the whole thing is kind of the whole concept is kind of merged. Yeah. And um, there's some conjecture that the head watcher was was a guy named Lucifer, which which is where which is what I was going to get into because yeah, because yeah, the, there's also there's also parallels between um, the Sedarians and the. Uh, what do we want to call them? The uh, the Nephilim, meaning these strange hybrid, right. half human, half angelic well, or demonic the, creatures. The Neph Nephilim were the were the um, were the progeny of of the Watchers yeah. after after they mated with Earthmen. Okay, yeah. So they they were the offspring. Yeah, and they were 
they were the they were big. They were giants. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but but these these people were large. Maybe maybe it was the combination of the DNA with the, with the human DNA and the and the watcher DNA. It just I ran them up. Made Who some knows? kind of yeah, some kind of anomaly or something, and and they ended up really really large for whatever reason. They supposedly were large with red hair. That's that's the way they were supposed to look. Yeah, and then they kind of spread out across the planet. I mean, they talk about these Nephilim or giants being in North America and the Native Americans have all kinds of stories about there, it. There, there, there are legends of giants everywhere. Yeah, all over the place. And they found a whole bunch of skeletons that yeah. have gotten socked Are we away getting somewhere. off, when we, are we getting mm. off track just a little bit? Because it's like, you know, in doing this research, one of the parallels is that you'll notice that there are legends of giants everywhere. Right. And there are also right. legends of dragons everywhere. It seems like every culture has their yeah, own yeah. depiction of dragons. And, and that all kind of is wrapped together somewhere, somehow, right. um, where it connects, hard to say. But I think this is a, what we're talking about today, I think is a is a big piece of that right. puzzle, which is all, everybody has theories and there's a lot of different thinking on it, but it all sort of springs from there, I think, yeah. you know. And interesting that the Garden of Eden is in thought of as being in this very same region. Right. It's the same neighborhood. It's the same part right. of the globe. Right. And supposedly this is where agriculture, the watchers um, divulge this right. to, to the human race, supposedly to their wives, yeah. who they took as wives, the women they took as wives. Um, agriculture, animal husbandry, mining, tool making. All of these things that really um, jump-started the, the human yeah. condition came from here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's why I think Gobekli Tepe is such a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, this, and, and it was never really inhabited. It was, it was made purely as a temple. Yeah. Um, some conjecture that it may be a stargate to... to, to you know, to get into different dimensions. Uh, these shamanic priests uh, were, were apparently able to, to travel shamanically into, into other dimensions. What is shamanically? Let's, because a lot of people are probably asking that well, question right it's, now. Well, it's a, it's a way to um, change your, your vibratory state. Okay. Through different means. Yeah. Um, currently, the current shaman on the planet do it in in different ways uh ayahuasca uh, uh mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a a brew that's made in the amazon region that yeah that they drink and they travel into other dimensions oh uh, there's different ways to do it Han hancock talks about in in his book uh about very specifically about shaman that uh they used mushrooms at some point yeah to, to get there but supposedly you can do it through um, just altering your 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 frequency. Yeah, um, which gets into like yoga and those those kinds of those one kinds of, of uh, one of the things that I also one of the things that I had also discovered is that there mm -hmm. there had been a period in human history when psycho, psychedelic drugs was a part of everyday life. It was a part of um, you know, your rite of passage. Whereas it was like one of those things. Whereas is like when your kid gets to be twenty one, you go and you, you you buy him a beer or you buy him like his first real stiff drink. Whereas, well, I think it was, yeah, I think I think that's partially true, but I also think it was an elevation. Of, yeah, of the of that 
But you weren't person. really considered a man. You weren't really considered part of society unless you went on your first Maybe. psychedelic trip. Maybe that's, that's true. one of the things I, I had. I, I did not know about that, but um, I think that the, the shaman were the were the people that um, were the connection between the the group, the tribe, yeah. if you want to say that, um, and and the other world. Yeah, um, you want to call that you know, the next life or the, another dimension or, or however you want to view it, I guess. But they were the, they were the interface between yeah. that. And, and they did that in different ways, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes they taught people to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so I think that's what these people were. I think that's what these Swedarians were. Yeah. They were, they were a more evolved race of beings and where that knowledge came from. Hard to say. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that that's, necessarily knowledge that we have privilege to right now anyway there's a lot of theories on it i guess but, yeah um so i don't know what do you think what do i think about the whole thing is that it was just like it, it it's one of the pieces of the puzzle that we've been talking about for quite a while now whereas it was how far back can we go before we can say this is the beginning of, of, of everything? This is the beginning of, of this specific civilization where everything sort of started from. I don't think that you could go back further because we haven't found anything that's as advanced as Gobekli Tepe. Not that far back. We no. can't find anything that goes back further. Right. No, no, it's, it's about as far. It's the furthest back so that far. any discovery has so far has been so far so right. far right. and the thing is is that there are what's the matter i'm hearing a noise oh you're banging the the, the door behind you oh, is that, okay yeah that's you that's so doing that huh? yeah you want to pull the charges forward a little no i guess yeah okay so i mean you could look at this and you can say that it is literally the cradle of civilization it's literally, but the but the mystery yeah. is still explain. You know, it's still hard to explain with modern science. Where did they get the knowledge to do all of these things? Where did well, and and traditionally, the that the thinking has been that that's been Mesopotamia. This you know, Sumer and Mesopotamia was the very beginnings of civilization, and this goes way way further back than that, way further back than that. Yeah. Um, so you have to you have to question the thinking there. You know what? I mean, I, I guess it's limited by what is available, what yeah. knowledge is available at the time, and and now this this certainly seems to be a very big piece of the whole puzzle, which is now being uncovered. And the the, the strange thing is that is that it was actually covered. I mean, intentionally yeah, I, covered. I wanted to actually close the show out with talking about the how how is it that it was covered it was purposely covered well, it was very systematically backfilled yeah to to preserve it apparently why i i, I mean so that people wouldn't destroy it i guess when it, when it became no longer of use i guess yeah. for whatever reason i don't know um they actually backfilled it with with material with loose material and then covered it over and that's where the what the mound was that that Klaus Schmidt yeah um realized was something klaus schmidt you know? looked at this mound and he, he, he said, said this that's, is that's something you know there's something there it's not yeah. that's not a that's not a natural formation yeah but, uh, and, but just like a hill i guess but know? a lot of this what klaus schmidt had done is that he did what a lot of other archaeologists and geologists have done especially in south america they look at these mounds they look at these hills and mm -hmm. they say with with our understanding of geology these mounds should not exist here 
Right. Then they go poking right. around, and then they find that it's not. A that it's not a mountain. It's not a mountain. Right. It's it's right. and that mm-hmm. there are so many. You look at so many of the of the of the temples, like the the Mayan temples, and it turns out that the, the Mayan the Mayans may not have even built. There could have been a people called the Olmecs that predated the Mayans. That predated yeah. the, mm-hmm. the the Mayans. Right. All the Mayans right. did was they just moved in to these temples mm-hmm. and these pyramids that had been built. And that they they had either built on top of them, on top of the original right. pyramids, right. the original. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and now that we're using space technology with satellites and, 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 and x-rays and infrareds, and we're finding the pyramids that we know of the here and now today are built on top of much older pyramids right. that bear striking resemblance of other pyramids mm-hmm. that we found elsewhere right. in the world. Right. That gets back into the pyramid show that we did a, a, a couple of months ago. Right, and that's <clears throat> that's similar to the pyramid in, um, what's the one they found in Eastern Europe that we, we talked about? I can't remember the name of the... Uh, It'll come to us later. Yeah. Uh, it looked, it was overgrown and covered with dirt. It looked, it looked yeah. like a mountain, like a mountain almost. And then they started digging there, and they realized there was a pyramid underneath. Yeah. Uh, is it Bul- not Bulgaria? It's in Eastern um, Europe. Anyway. Uh, not Yugoslavia, um, um, Herzegovina. No, it's, it's around in that area anyway. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting, because that's the area where these um, Swedarians originated from. So who knows what was going on there, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they must have had a really pretty sophisticated culture if they had a Maybe they're responsible for the for the pyramid there. Yeah. You know? who, who knows? I don't know. It's conjecture, but you know, I, I, and who knows what's out there that hasn't been uncovered yet? And we keep finding these networks of tunnels underneath these pyramids yeah, almost that we're recovering. Always, almost always. Yeah. There's some are na- some are natural and some are some are man-made, excavated. Um, so who knows what's you know what's kind of rear its head in the I won't say ugly head because it's not ugly but who knows what's going to come about yeah in the next I mean day to day yeah something could be discovered um, I mean this this guy Schmidt I don't know what brought him there but um, I know he was funded by some kind of German archaeological society or something yeah and, and he just happened upon this right I mean it was just sitting there forever you know, yeah, since way back whenever it was covered over, and there it was. I think that what's interesting. And I don't think they've really totally um, figured out exactly what's there yet. Even I think there's more to learn from. Yeah, and more to. And yeah. every time that they think that okay, this is it. I mean, they we they've reached their goal, and then they realize, oh wait a minute, there's even more. Mm-hmm. And then they reach out even, you know, they reach out further and further and they just they just keep, you know, widen the sto- scope of how big Gobekli Tepe was. Yeah. Or is. Mm-hmm. They keep the every time they think that it's like this is it, this is the boundary. They find a boundary even beyond that. Right. So, and this was this is this is like a metropolis back in the day. Well, it it, it was it was a huge temple complex. Yeah. Um Built for who knows what reason, you yeah. know. I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities, but uh, it was not it was not meant to be lived in. It was meant to be a religious place, a spiritual place. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of thinking is is not standard fare for that time frame. 
you know, just it just what we're given as the existing conditions at that time. It just doesn't make sense that that would be built. So it really stretches the it really stretches the the paradigm of everything. Right. Yeah, uh, which is good. I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah. Even even the research that West and and Shock did on the on the uh, Sphinx, pushing it way back further than what the Egyptologists see. The Egyptologists have a have their own agenda too. They don't they don't they don't want to think that those things were made um, by a predated civilization to to Egypt. They want it. They want Egypt to take ownership of that, and it may it may not be. No. Maybe earlier than that. Um, I'm not sure about the pyramids. I don't know how they've dated those, but um, but they all used some kind of technology that that we don't have privilege yeah. to at this point. Like what Jim was talking about, with using some kind of frequency or 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 some kind of sound vibrations yep. or something to move these huge, huge pieces of stone. Some of these blocks in uh, Gobekli Tepe are 10 to 15 tons. How's, how do hunter-gatherers even think about moving that, that stones that That gets back big? to the entire thing it of how is it... doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just impossible. How is it that these hunter-gatherers suddenly knew how to do all of these things? Right. Even if they wanted to, even if they thought about that, even if they had the capability of thinking well, about that. Well, why would they want to? Why would hunter-gatherers yeah. want to move rocks that big? No, they have no reason to. Why would like they... I said, they were trying to just get their next meal, you know? They were just trying to figure out where they were going to... Where, where their next meal was coming from. They wouldn't even consider doing something like Because when you, whenever you look at a big project, just name any big project. Let's talk about the, um, um, the, the World Trade Center, the new World Trade Center that is, that is in, in New York City. It's, it's now like, what, the tallest building in the United States once more. Right. Okay. The thing is, is that it's not just the people who built the tower that you need a large infrastructure to support making the the building materials, you need the infrastructure for to feed and clothe and to take care of the the, the workers. And you look at something like like a lot of well, a, a lot of these big huge projects, like the pyramids. Mm-hmm. You had to have had a very large civilization to be able to support such a project like that. Like the thing is, is, is that it's like if you look like, you know, like the nation state of Hawaii all by themselves could not finance a trip to the moon because they all the resources that's in, involved in that. You actually it's not you cannot have a small, tiny little group of people building such a big project all like that. Right. You need to have a lot of people in the background doing the other work to support the people who are doing this. Yeah, it's, it's a massive undertaking. It is. Which is what Gobekli Tepe would have been. You know? Yeah. So how do you explain that? You know, there's, just, there's really no explanation for it other than the fact that there was some more advanced race or, or group of people that had that knowledge. And, and, and it, was a, it was a more, it wasn't, I don't think it was even just technical knowledge. I think it was more spiritual knowledge, which, which we, I mean, we're much more spiritually devolved than that. Um, and you know, when we talked about shamanic um, power and things like that, yeah, we we don't have any ability to we 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 don't have any handle on that even. Um, 
one, one of the things that came out of the Book of Enoch, I think, was they talked about, and we needed to do a show about that, too. Yeah. That, that's, that would be a big show. Uh, <clears throat> they talked about the secrets of Adam. Yeah. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Well, the secrets of Adam were, was, was this knowledge, this, this shamanic knowledge of how to, you know, how to become an evolved human being spiritually. And, and I think when, when they talk about the fall from grace, yeah. I think that knowledge was, was lost. And supposedly, Adam passed that on to his son, Seth. Yeah. And it was, Seth was his son, right? It was, yes, um, one of his sons. One of his sons. And, After and Canaan. It, <clears throat> and that's supposed to be buried somewhere. And, and what that knowledge is, is, is the ability to, to evolve spiritually. Yeah. And, and, be, and, and have a spiritual approach to, not only to life, but to, to um, these kinds of undertakings. And if we could do that, we certainly would be, you know, then we'd be doing something. But I want to get into the whole notion of how we are spiritually devolved. Because a lot of people would say it's a whole topic in itself. But a lot of people would say, "Oh no, you know, we've never been, we've never been smarter. We've never been more clever. We, but the oh, yeah. Is, yeah. It, but the thing is, is that we're we're just talking about material goods and needs and and and, and science. I mean, that gets into your Uncle George theory. Yeah, uh, we're, we're the highest. You know, we're, we're at the pinnacle now. Yeah, mm, I don't think so. I don't. Th- I I don't think so. Not, not I, from where these other civilizations apparently got to. You know, and they may have had a different approach, but they certainly were much more evolved in terms of using technology that was not just that was an extension of of the human potential. Yeah, spiritually, we're certainly nowhere near that. No, because the thing is, is that um, we we have sort of lost the focus on a higher power, something Absolutely. bigger than ourselves. Totally. I, I totally agree with that statement. I couldn't agree more. Because, I mean, everything revolves around the things that we own, like the cell phones and inter- access to the Internet. Materialism. Yeah. Materialism. Which, which all, all that really does is serve to bring you down. It, it yeah. lowers your, your, freak, your vibration rather yeah. than raising it. I mean, we have access to just the most incredible body of knowledge, but what do we do with it? I don't think we're doing anything. Squander it, basically. Squander it on, on things that don't really mean very much. We have technology beyond the imagination of, of, of our forefathers and our ancestors. And what do we do with it? We're playing Candy Crush on Facebook. Well, yeah. There you go. But is, is the knowledge we have as, as dramatic or evolved as we really think it is? Or, or was there at some point in time much more much more of a powerful type of knowledge you know more more integrated into the the cosm the cosmology of things yeah which which we talked a little bit and and maybe sagan had some handle on that too you know i don't know i think the idea that carl talked about last week carl sagan secretly wanted to do an an audit an inner seti look Mm. for evidence of intelligent life the search for extraterrestrial I should have started on the planet start here let's <laughs> yeah, look really, back instead really. of looking out into space for radio signals that mm-hmm. may not even be there mm-hmm. let's look for evidence of alien intervention or higher power intervention something that will explain these anomalies that archaeologists right. archaeology right. may, maybe he finding. was onto that maybe, maybe he just got squashed you know by his 
career. Yeah. You know, and and maybe he was maybe he would have done that had, had he lived longer. Had he lived he had longer. more time to, to to pull that off, you know. I think that he had some sense of that. And I'm I'm judging that by contact. Yeah. The book and I go back to that again because because I do think that's a major major work that he developed and and he was only able to express himself in that in that vein through fiction. You know, because people could always say, "Well, it's just fiction." You know. It's not. It's, yeah. He's not saying that's reality. He's just. Yeah. He's making that up. You know. Yeah. But I think that was really his true sense of things. I, I really do. He actually believed that there was evidence of some kind of signal or knowledge on how to move into a new dimension. Yeah. And interact yeah. with beings on a higher level. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where he was. He was going with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he got there. I don't think that message necessarily came through to a lot of people that uh, experienced it. Only to a select individuals like us. Right, people who, who were ready for that kind of an awareness. And, and there's a lot of people at this point in time who are not really yeah. there yet, which, which is okay. People are where they are. But um, I think one of the things that we're trying to do is, is sort of elevate that a little bit. And, and I think Sagan knew that there were not only more advanced civilizations that predated our own here, but also in the you know, in the, in the rest of the cosmos. Yeah. Um, so that's why he was important, but I don't think he quite got to where he could have gotten to. No, I think that he you was know, hampered. I think he was kind of shortchanged by his I dad. think it was hampered, and, and I think he was... reason for that, I don't yeah. know. But, um, but getting back to Gobekli Tepe to kind of bring the whole thing back full circle, um, I think that this is going to be the, this is going to be the piece yeah that when it when it's finally accepted as um an insight into an earlier time into an earlier culture that was perhaps more evolved than our own yeah in, in a lot of ways maybe that's going to elevate people's thinking a little bit you know and when, when when that becomes sort of the mainstream line of thought right now it's not yeah but it's it's irrefutable really that that's why this this show it today i think is i was so excited about it and why it's yeah. so important to delve into this um, did you get that sense too? I, I mean, think one of from, one of one of the things that kind of like, and this is ties into one of the news stories across my desk. I mean, once again, I mean, I have another alert on my screen right now talking about a twelfth Dead Sea Scroll that they found mm. else mm -hmm. in elsewhere in Israel. I did hear about that. Now the question is: is that are there any are there any books or are there any tablets at Gobekli Tepe? That we need to know about that we they found know. yet. We don't know. What have it, they found there that we're not being told? And and who knows um, if they might find the, the secrets of Adam. Maybe it's there. Yeah. Know, who knows? Maybe it's buried there. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know exactly where. There's some conjecture about where it's buried. There's a, a, a mountain that it's supposedly buried at the base of that mountain, but nobody knows where that is. There's, Which mountain is it? Um, what was the name for it? <laughs> Okay. But all the names have changed, though. That. To protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the naughty. A, a fine example is that the thing is, is that there is a, there's a Mount Sinai, but it may not be the same Mount Sinai that existed during the time of, of, uh, of Moses. Right. Um, it's called Ida. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Mount, Mount Sita. Mount Something Sita. like that, yeah. Uh, but nobody is really clear on where that is. Yeah, that's, that's I, I don't know. That, I think that might come from the Book of Enoch. But 
that's that's another whole show that we yeah we've we've touched on that before but we, we when we did the watchers yeah. show on that yeah but this brings another whole viewpoint on the watchers yeah. even you know that. yeah i think one of one of the things i want I mean, that's a biblical point of yeah. view which which i think tends to create more of a supernatural um viewpoint yeah about them being supernatural beings whether they're yeah, you know, sent from God or, or however. You want Whatever to do that. it is, it is. It, you know, <clears throat> right? And I, I think that one of the and maybe they were just more evolved beings. Yeah, know, that who knows where they are, what you know, what their genesis was. But but if you look at primitive people, you look at it through the eyes of primitive people. Well, they're going to be gods. No, they're going to be gods. Yeah. I mean, these people that show up that look way different than you, that are much taller, that you know, that have long blonde hair, that are serpentine looking. And have all this knowledge that are talking about stuff that never even occurred well, to Well, hell, Walt, if you traveled <laughs> back in time exactly the way you are, if you traveled back in time 12,000 years, you could be a god, too. Well, I, I, actually, <laughs> no. I thought I already was. but <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you yeah. know how that goes. But no, you know, it, it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's what your reference point is. Yeah. You know, I'm sure these people did appear to be gods. Yeah. And in some senses, they were, you know, depending on how you define yeah. god. But yeah. They they were way more close to the to the source, you know, than than the primitive people were. I think that one they, of the, they wanted to bring enlightenment and they wanted to to, to change the, the change these people's um, evolutionary curve. I think you know. I think one of the things I want to close out the show with is mm-hmm. is just a little bit of speculation. What do you think that they're going to find at Gobekli Tepe? Within the next couple of years. Well, that's that's. Well, what's it going to take? That's a good question. What's it going to take to get um, all of academia to switch the paradigm? What are they going to have to find at Gobekli Tepe to change the paradigm? I think it's already there. I mean, I I think they've 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 dated the soil around it to to about twelve thousand years ago, ten thousand yeah. BC, which is which is pretty much when it was buried. Yeah. Um, so it was built a little earlier than that, or some. I mean, it was built in stages too. It wasn't done all at once. No. Um, but I, I think that that is going to become irrefutable. Yeah. In in, in the, that nobody, no mainstream archaeologist is going to be able to argue that that is not what it is. Right. What what, it, what the data indicates that it is. Yeah. And that opens up a whole new can of worms. Yeah. For, for the whole thing. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they would discover some kind of a, you know, some kind of a document or some kind of a tablet or something that would would give us more insight into that, yeah. that culture. Or, or you know, I'd like to know where Collins got got his research from, from I would, on this group. I would too. I, I I'm would. going to definitely read his book. I mean, th- this is just the tip of the iceberg yeah. in terms of the book. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be on Amazon ordering ordering that. He's got a number of other books too. He's got yeah. like ten books, I think, or, or a good number anyway. Yeah, send me the links. I think that one of the things that is going to have to happen. There's some pictures of yeah. the of the Swedarians that you can put up on the that. There's sure. these are obviously not rare photographs, but um, they're they're actually pretty cool. Some of them are 3D. Yeah. Um, and I'll send these to you so you can put them on the on the show page. But I uh, just want to give you a little. You point of these characters here. You got to realize that, yeah, that's what they look. Supposedly, what 
See how they look kind of serpentine? They just don't look like... They don't look like Cro-Magnons. And they don't look no. like any other no. people that you no, would they, associate they, they with just, that they period. They just don't. They just don't. They just look different. Yeah. And you can see the cloak of uh, with bird feathers. Yeah. Which, um, the reason for that I discovered, which is kind of getting back into the show again, but I know you're going to wrap up, but the reason why they used feathers, and, and I think probably the same reason the Native Americans used feathers as... as uh, to adorn their headdresses and things yeah. was because the, the 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 bird was believed to be the shamanic animal right that that transmitted um, was able to to transmit the human consciousness into another dimension yeah uh, I know I know Native Americans believe that the um, crows transmitted the spirit to the spirit right. world. So it's it's the same concept essentially, just a little owls, bit different. different owls spin. is another animal yeah, that right, is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, one of the things that's going to ha- have to happen is that um, you look at what the Smithsonian has done because I, I put a uh, link uh, in the show page. Whereas, like the Smithsonian, it was starting to embrace the fact that you know maybe Gobekli Tepe is as old as. We think it is. Oh, they it have, is the said that? There is one article on, oh, I didn't, on the I didn't Smithsonian. See that. Well, that's something. That's, and I think that a lot of people are starting to. Right I think I think that there is a slow embrace, and I, I think that we're going to have to start seeing a lot more documentaries and movies about it. And I think that mm-hmm. there there has to be something like Raiders of the Lost Ark to to capture people's imagination the way that the imagination was captured around the Ark of the Covenant. Because before 1981, who knew about the Ark of the Covenant except for those of us who attended Sunday school on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would have to be something that... um, I guess, I I hate to say this, but I think it's probably true, is that it would have to have some kind of like entertainment value. Yeah. Um, that would where, where this concept would be sort of you know the entertainment yeah. would be wrapped around it like like Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah you know that kind of thing where where you have some where you have a good story right at the very least wrapped around it yeah it have to have necessarily have effects and that kind of stuff but I mean it could yeah but that might raise people's awareness I mean I'd like to see somebody like Spielberg or Lucas or somebody get a hold of this yeah and make make a really credible story right. about around it and we also yeah and mm-hmm. we and we also i think that i mean you you look at what someone like james cameron did for the titanic yeah you know look kind of, at you know stuff if it's not if it doesn't have some kind of accessibility for it's not going to reach a mass audience it's no. just not so then it's going to get lost it's going to be yeah. you know the, for the few people who see it before it gets you know lost in the in the video realm right. or, or whatever uh you know it, it, it's got to have some real value to it to, yeah. to, to, or to attract people yeah. in, in terms of entertainment. Some yeah. good story, I think, is what it comes down to. Yeah. People like a good story, yeah. which I do too. You know, so. Absolutely. Uh, who knows? You know, I, Graham Hancock was saying that the movie 2012, which I think was a, basically a piece of junk, yeah. um, they bought the rights to fingerprints from, for for the gods. Oh, the people that. who made that movie. They did. Oh, no. They used they used one small point that he made in the book. They bought the whole rights to the whole book, and he said originally they had a different concept for the screenplay, but then it for morphed. the movie 2012. Yeah, and it morphed and morphed and morphed and morphed into what it became, which was just a sensationalist uh, sort of. Excuse for special What, the whole effects. thing with the with the, the the poles flipping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and if you, he said if you watch the credits, he, you'll see at the very end it, it it said based in small part on Fingerprints of the Gods by Graham Hancock. So, so they bought the work and didn't use it, you know, to the full. Somebody ought to get their heads examined and realize they should have done more. They should somebody should make a documentary based on Fingerprints of the Gods. And, and they gave him. I think they, they sold him a lot of goods about it. Like, if you sell this to us, we're going to make this movie about it. And then they didn't, you know. So he was a little disgruntled about that, I think. But he didn't, he didn't trash it or anything. He's, he's a class guy. He's a class guy. guy. Now, yes, now yeah. if it was, I, it was me. <laughs> it was Eric, you'd have been trashing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there you go. That's what can happen. So once, yeah. But when you sell the rights to something, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. It's it. for grabs, you know. You, that's it. What, it. what it is, what it is then, you know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so I think we we sort of covered that. We we may I'm sure we're going to revisit this. We we um, are definitely going to um we are going to This is a huge thing. This go back go Beckley Tepe is huge. This is literally part 1 in a series. We will return we're to We're going to access this over and over, over again. And, every, and and more and more is going to come out, I'm sure as, as right, time goes on. Right. So, yeah. And its importance will become more and more to the forefront, I think. But so anyway, that's, I think that that's, everybody that's needs to do their own research on on Gobekli Tepe and and practice how to say it. Yes, no Gobekli Tepe. Hey, you did it well, Eric. You I know, did. We only mispronounced it two or three times, I think. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it's it's a tongue twister. Yeah. But maybe there's a reason for that. So I think everybody who is listening to this podcast now should just open up, you know, open up the links that we presented on on our show page. This and, is and this say show to a friend, have, have you heard of Gobekli Tepe? Exactly. And they'll say. No. Are you sure you're pronouncing uh, it right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> you know, and, and open up the links that we have put on the show page and do your own research. Right. And let us know what you think. Yeah. Let yeah. us know what you find. So, because we did not cover everything on this topic. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's a huge topic. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it probably could have been a two-part show. Yeah. We may. It probably we, we, will we, be. We may maybe. revisit it relatively soon, I think. So. Yeah. And, and big news for next week is our five zero 